Hi, I'm Will Stein and welcome to Geography Island Jams. This podcast is in the same style as the BBC Radio 4 series, Desert Island Discs, whereby in each episode I ask my interviewee what eight songs, book and luxury item they will take with them if they are stranded on a desert island. For rights reasons, the music has not been included in this podcast. You can find links to the songs either on the Geography and Environment website or on the Geography Island Jams Spotify music account. I hope you enjoy. Welcome to Geography Island Jams. Joining me today, I have Jenna Meyer. Jenna is currently studying her master's in environmental policy and regulation at the LSE. Canadian, born and bred, Jenna is originally from Ottawa and moves to Vancouver at the age of 16. Whilst it is Jenna's first time living in the UK, it is not her first time living in Europe. During her undergraduate, studying political sciences at Queen's U in Canada, she spent four months studying abroad in Prague. Alongside her studies and time spent exploring London, Jenna is the LSE Geography and Environment Society postgrad president. In this position, Jenna has DJed, decorated, and danced her way through each event which comes her way. Whether it was on a boat, a pub, or an LSE classroom, you can be sure to see Jenna there bringing the good energy and the good vibes. So, welcome, Jenna. Hi, Will. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining me live from Canada. No worries, live from uh, my COVID household right now. So before I start asking about the music, um, I was wondering whether it was a struggle to get your eight songs together. Or was it something which just came naturally very fast? Mm, it was, I'd say like half a struggle. I have, I like, I do love music as many, many people do, I'm sure. So I have quite a few that uh, I wanted to include, um, but I also wanted to make sure that I kind of encapsulated different vibes, I guess. Um, the the songs are chosen. Um, some of them are just purely good songs that I love. Other ones are songs that like mean stuff to me. Other songs are ones that like really bring back like a very specific memory that I love. So I kind of just went, I'm someone who bases my music on like times almost. Like for example, one of the songs is kind of from Christmas break 2019 when I was having like an amazing time. Um, and when I listen to that song, it always like brings me back. So it's, it's, um, I guess kind of like a link. I don't know if that makes sense though. Ah, well, when we go through the songs, I'll, you can, yeah, expand on them more. And then I don't know how much I explained the original concept of the podcast, but I was wondering how do you think you'd cope being stranded on a desert Island on your own? Mm, <laughs> I <laughs> you have survival skills. Uh, <laughs> I, like even just apart from my very poor survival skills, I go crazy alone. Like I go crazy. I'm, I'm extremely extroverted. I love my alone time, but more than one day I start to really like go crazy. Even, even this whole COVID thing, I've started reading my text messages aloud just to hear like someone talk because like, I, and I don't even mean to, I just, all of a sudden I'm whispering my text messages. I'm like, what is happening to me? So I think I don't think I'd last very long. I think my brain would start to really like do some funky stuff. And then on top of that, I wouldn't even be able to like make a fire. I would need I would need some kind of I'd probably eat a bad mushroom and die really quickly. So Oh my goodness. Like not to be not to be um a bit of a pessimist, but I it's realistically I, I'm not lasting long out there. So on your <laughs> island, we can expect you not to be there very long, but whilst you are there, no. we talk maybe to animals. Maybe it be a good time while I am there, you know? Maybe that, talking like... Talking to the animals, talking to the trees. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. 
Um, someone like boated by they'd be like what is happening over there (laughs) but (laughs) on the island you won't be alone you'll have your music so can we start with what is the first song you'll be taking with you and um if there's any reasons why of course so um kind of the first song i chose was is actually it's called nobody it's by mitski and this is a song that i kind of discovered um, in December of 2019. So this was my fourth year of undergrad. We do four years in Canada. Um, and I was just having like the time of my life. And also this is like pre COVID, like COVID didn't just like started to kind of hit the news, but like, it wasn't, uh, wasn't really a thing. So everybody was having a good time. Um, I, it's like, I don't know. I love Mitski. She, she's a bit sad, but uh, her lyrics are really honestly a bit down, but I think it's just such a great song and I would blast it in the car like all the time. So that's kind of like my first one. And anytime I listen to it, I kind of get rem- like I reminisce of um, I would go to these hot yoga classes with one of my good friends like every single day and it would be pouring rain at like 5 p.m. and dark, dark, dark and all these Christmas lights are up and then we'd be driving home like nice and like sweaty, but stretched and like blasting the song so it's got very good memories with it so nice um so yeah um first wanted to ask about canadian life so yeah born in ottawa um moved to vancouver what parts of your childhood would you say are most prominent to you that you remember most um I'm, it's a good question i think i have a lot of memories from ottawa um so i moved because of my parents' work, uh, I moved halfway through high school, which is a bit of a tricky time to move. Um, and I, I don't know. I, it was, it was very difficult moving. I, I like, I wouldn't sugarcoat it. I pretty much had a year where I really didn't have very many friends. Um, I was very quiet and really shy, but, um, in Ottawa, like I, I had, I used to ski competitively. Um, and, I built up a really good foundation of friends through that sport. And those were the people like I really, really, really missed. Um, and kind of that, that has a lot of like really good childhood memories connected to it. Um, I started skiing when I was like three, two or three. And so it's like something my family and I always did. So anything on like the snow, the snow is always like, a, it's a huge like thing to me. Even um, I guess like another really foundational memory is my old house in Ottawa. We used to, uh, it's kind of like on a hill. So my brother and I would toboggan, we would get like so much snow, like just tons of snow. And at night after school, like after we did our homework, we would go and start tobogganing down, down our little uh, front yard hill, I guess. Um, and then you'd come in, you'd be freezing. My mom would make hot chocolate and you'd go to bed. And it was like, I feel like just that like innocence of just having so much fun with no worries in the world and like only having to worry about like getting up for school the next day those things really uh, like that I feel like stuck with me for a while and it's a memory I look back on really fondly um I'm trying to think maybe when I was older 13 14 a really really awkward time I think in everybody's lives but my ski team and I would go into uh Maine in the U.S. to do some training camps and that was just like, it would be, I'd be like early November. And that was so much fun. Cause we'd have this like cabin that we all shared together and like everybody's 13, 14, 15, like really awkward ages. So you guys are just all such goofballs and 
um, like, like, like just the weirdest people. Like, I think I was the weirdest person I've ever been at that age, but we all were so weird. That it was so fun. And my coaches were like, I guess they were like in their mid twenties and they were such great guys. Like it was just a really, really good dynamic. So any of those ski trips are also something that I really enjoyed. Um, and then another one, I guess my family and I, along with my kind of like quasi family, I guess they're not, they're not any family by blood or anything, but, uh, my mom was an only child. So, and her friends, she has two friends. They're pretty much like her brothers. So we would all go, like our families would all drive down to North Carolina for two weeks in September every year. It's about an 18 hour drive. Uh, yeah, it's a long one. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a long one, but it's a really cool drive because you basically drive along the U.S. East Coast, sort of. But um, we go for two weeks and we go to this actually where the like the do you know the Netflix show The Outer Banks? It rings a bell. It's say. like, I don't know. It, it came out during uh, 2020 quarantine people. It was that or Tiger King that everybody watched. <laughs> um, but we would go to the Outer Banks, which is this really, it's these tiny strips of like literal almost sand dunes along the East Coast in North Carolina. Um, and you have these massive, like, I don't know, they're like houses, but they're up on stilts. And um, there's one side which was the sound because that's where like it's like not the ocean side it's between the mainland and then we would be on the uh, like actual ocean side and you just kind of I don't know relax we'd go play in the waves uh it was really that like every year that was such a fun trip um I like we went basically from the time I was born until the time we moved so when I was like 15 16 um so it's very like also very foundational I'd say yeah, I had no idea about the skiing. I've got um, first time I hear your second song, but I didn't know. Yeah, when I asked for you know significant things you did, the skiing would have been quite a. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I always forget. Like those things were like. Just like, forget I, your I, competitive skier. It's just a casual thing, people. <laughs> Maybe in <laughs> Canada, but. <laughs> uh, I hadn't. I haven't skied like that. Like it's been like, mm, I guess eight years since I've stopped. So it's like very like it's like behind but i can tell oh. you my second song it actually goes back to skiing if you'd like um, shall i okay um, yeah second song <laughs> <laughs> so my second song is white sky by Va vampire weekend and um this one this was like 2014 like i think when vampire weekend was were at their all-time peak everybody loved them um i remember listening to them in grade nine and being like this is like such a fun band but white sky is kind of a quirky song, but I would like listen to it after my races because we would race Saturday, Sundays. And the one thing about skiing is it's a, it's not a very kind sport. You're up at 5 a.m. You go to the mountain, it's minus 40 degrees Celsius. Uh, you're skiing all day. You ski for eight hours. You're in a tiny little like skin suit, um, freezing, like just absolutely like so cold. Um, but it's so fun. Like, it's so weirdly fun. And then you hurdle down a mountain for literally like 60 seconds and then you call it a day. So, but like white sky, I'd always listen to on my way home with my mom or dad. And it'd be like, you're done. Like the day's over. I get to go home. <laughs> I get, like I get to now relax. Cause I just spent eight hours, like not relaxed. Um, and it's, it's very uplifting and it's very fun. So that song always kind of reminds me of like the sun shining as we're driving home from the mountain and getting back home. I don't know. Yeah. 
it's very like it's just like um a warm memory i guess and it's a positive song it's it's a fun one so before coming to lse you studied political science at queen's u in canada putting uh academia to one side to your time at queen's u were there any like iconic university traditions or um stories you remember most Mm, yeah traditions queen's had a like it's one of the older schools in canada too so uh they had like very strong traditions. I remember my first year when it was like orientation week, like freshers week, uh, we had to sit in this old stuffy building and watch these people in kilts play the bagpipes for like 45 minutes. And I was just like, what is happening here? Uh, so like I found that people didn't really resonate with the actual, like, I guess, institutionalized traditions that the university put on except for homecoming homecoming it's a bit different than u.s homecoming um american homecoming is like the ones you see in the movies <laughs> for queens uh <laughs> there is a football game there is an, like a you know north american football game that is played but nobody goes instead everybody wakes up at 6 a.m and absolutely gets just blasted like just plastered <laughs> 6 a.m oh yes you wake up at 6 a.m you take jello shots you like basically dress up in head to toe like queen's um regalia i don't know like just like uh basically wearing your colors and thousands of people go and congregate on this one street and you're just like it's a literal it's a block party so it's like the street is full i think there's been upwards of ten thousand people just on the street drinking um all day all day and all night who organizes it? Is it a student thing or a university it's, thing? Like the thing is that, you know, the university puts on homecoming. So it's like they have the football game and then it's also an opportunity for alumni to come back. So what the school does is they put on this big parade and kind of like fair where they welcome all the alumni, like going as far back as I like the early 1900s. Um, but then all the students and more the more fun alumni <laughs> do the other thing which is like it's just a tradition like it's it's an like generations old tradition where you just get like you drink and drink and drink and like you don't go to the football game so uh that one is very iconic saint patrick's day exact same thing Mm, wake up at 6 a.m drink your heart out all day and then i don't know so we had a very big uh, reputation as a party school uh the locals didn't love us for very fair reason but (laughs) When you're a student, you don't like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, you feel a bit invincible. So I don't know. But it was a it was a really fun time. As the years went on, you kind of it wasn't so much about going to the street with 10,000 people. You'd probably just have like parties with your friends in your backyards. So it's a little bit like you'd still be getting drunk, but not mm. not necessarily this like crazy vibe that you in first year everybody was like, you have to go. But <laughs> it, it it has fond memories for sure. So is coming on to the next song now, uh, song number three, is that on theme, the party song, or is that something else? Um, I can make it. Uh, no, 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 song. go, whatever, yeah, order you've got. I've got, so I've got, this works well, The Spins by Mac Miller, I think. I honestly didn't really know it for a little bit. Uh, I actually discovered it a bit recently, but um it's like, I think it's, it is just such a fun song and it's a perfect like party song. I think it just gets everybody going. Um, 
I'm trying to, yeah, like you put it on and everybody starts singing it. It's just like, it's like great vibes. It's a great energy. Uh, and if I had li- known it in my undergrad, because it is an old song and people are probably going to be like, how did you not know that song? Jenna? And I'm going to be like, I honestly don't know. Uh, but if I had known it, I would have played it all the time. Like that song is just so, so iconic. And it's just such a good upbeat tune. Very nice. So um, during undergrad, as well as going to all the Canadian homecomings and so forth, you also spent time studying in Prague. You said you said you were fascinated by the socio-political climate. What did you mean by uh, that? So um, when I was there, like the courses I took were kind of like the history of communism in the Czech Republic, um, 20th century history of the Czech Republic. Like it was very like kind of like history based, but what I found super interesting, especially coming from British Columbia, coming from Canada, which is a very, very left-leaning country, and BC is a very left-leaning province within Canada. Um, but to go to Prague, where it has obviously such a brutal history and experience with like left-wing politics, with communism and everything, um, it just, it was so different, like how people spoke about politics. Um, and even just like it's so evidently like just the culture itself the city the uh structure of the city like the buildings and everything about it was like so post-communist um and it's not something I've ever experienced before I think everywhere I've been has always been very very left-leaning like very critical of like right-wing politics but there you're like everyone is so critical of left-leaning politics. Like they see this almost like slippage, like they're so worried that it will go back to what it was. So um, you have this kind of critique. Like I remember one of my professors was so critical of the left and it forced me to like think about my, like how I situate myself and like my own, I guess, ideology um, in a way that I'd never thought about before because I, the, the political like culture is just very, very different. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, and I do think their critique is really healthy. I feel like, and this is me, like I'm obviously uh, decently left wing. And I think being around people who are like, well, just wait, cause this is where that can lead. Um, it just, it, it's, I think it's good to have that critique without like they weren't far right it wasn't it wasn't this like far right populist kind of propaganda it was I think they're just very critical of politics as a whole and so they knew their own you know they they were not necessarily like super right leaning but they weren't they were very easy like they they wouldn't say they were left leaning either they were I'd say like very healthily critical in a different way than I think people can be here I think people here are very quick to swing from one extreme to the other um and not really like reflect on why so I don't know but it's yeah it's interesting I think people should definitely go and like experience a different political um culture I guess mm. can you now tell me about song number four number four okay let me <laughs> take a look um okay number four is on the Sea by Beach House. Um, the song was my number one most played song in 2021. <laughs> Spotify wrapped. <laughs> Quite a, was it Spotify yeah, Spotify wrapped. wrapped. It really <laughs> helps. Um, this song, 
it, I don't know, the vibes are just like immaculate. Um, I guess a bit of a backstory to this song. 2021, I worked at a restaurant in Vancouver. Um, I basically started in 2020. Like that's what I did during my, uh, during like the COVID times. Um, and I loved it. Like it was so fun. And I was really grateful because elsewhere restaurants were closed, but restaurants were open for us. So I was able to like go to work and like surround myself by people because for a very long time, like there was no household gatherings at all in BC. Like you weren't supposed to see people outside of your house. Um, so this way it kind of just gave me structure in a way that a lot of my friends who were working from home didn't have. Um, and so I love this job, but like as time went on, especially when things started to open up, it just got really, really, really stressful. Uh, I think I was suffering a lot of burnout, but this is when I discovered on the sea and the song is very calm and just like, like, honestly, it sounds like a seaside song. Like I, I don't even know how to describe that, but if you listen to it, it has this kind of like ocean vibe. Um, but basically I was promoted to like a, a floor manager, which was a great step. And I enjoyed the responsibility, but it got really crazy. And I think by the summer of 2021, like I was just always burnt out and always stressed. And I would finish work at like 2am and I would drive home and just play on the sea on repeat. And it like kind of like calmed me down, but uh, it's that song like gives, like, it's very calming to me, I would say. So now moving on to something which hopefully isn't as stressful, but your time at LSE. <laughs> um, so um, you, yeah, you're doing your master's degree in EPR, environmental policy and regulation. So you have to do a dissertation uh, as part of the program. Have you chosen yes. what your topic is? Um, yes, I was. I was really quite stressed about this like two weeks ago. But um, I talked to Nora, who's my academic mentor, and we like it did help a bit. But um, I'm going to basically it's very it's a rough idea, but I'm pretty much looking at this idea of eco reproduction responsibility and gender for my like I'm taking qualitative methods this year and or for my for my summative uh, I'm doing a focus group that kind of looks like basically just asking about how women feel about this new growing movement of like not having kids due to climate change a lot of people are coming out and there's like a movement called birth strikers where they're like basically going on strike and refusing to have children until they believe that their governments are doing sufficient wow. uh, in order to combat climate change. There's this other one called conceivable future, which is kind of the same thing. It's just saying that the future is so bleak. I don't want to bring my, a child, like a hypothetical child into this. And there's two streams. There's one where it's like my, like bringing a child into this planet will it like greatly increase like the carbon footprint. It's technically the worst thing you can do um, from a quantifiable side. Then there's the other side where it's like this child will suffer more than I've suffered. And I can't like do that in my right conscious. But what's really interesting is that these movements are predominantly started by women. So I want to kind of, I think my dissertation is going to look at like, why is this such a gendered issue? You know, it takes two people to have a kid. And so why is it predominantly women that are kind of putting this forward? And why are women being more responsive towards, you know, like, why is it a woman's responsibility to like 
you know, decide to or not to have kids kind of thing. Um, but that's kind of all I've got. I don't <laughs> like definitely a little bit rough. Um, I'm not sure. I'm going to build it out, of course, but it, I think it's a really interesting You've concept. Still got time. Oh yeah. Like I'm honestly, I'm more concerned about the three papers I have due in like three weeks that I just have not started. So <laughs> uh, my dissertation is like, I don't know. I'm, I'm just rolling with that right now. Well, I hope this has been able to distract you in a, well, <laughs> a good way. But um, now can you tell me about song number five? Song number five. Um, let's do Let It Happen by Tame Impala. This song is just, um, it's like iconic to me. It's iconic to me and one of my really, really good friends, Logan. Um, we... I don't know. It's, it is just this incredible song. It's long. I think it's about eight or nine minutes. Um, and the whole time, like, I think when I first listened to it, I was like, Oh my God, this is so long. And I skipped it at like five or six minutes. I was like, I've had enough, but there's this really big buildup around minute six ish. I want to say, uh, and it's just like incredible. Like I, I have no words. I think everyone should just go listen to it and listen to the whole thing. But we both loved Tame Impala and we were supposed to go to his concert in August of 2020, which obviously didn't happen. Um, and then didn't happen again in 2021. So like, I think it's just like, it's this like song that really brings us together. Like we'll always have that song. It's an incredible song. Um, when we were in fourth year, like we lived together in fourth year, I lived with seven other girls, a crazy time, very fun, but insane we would just and we were crazy we were all just absolutely crazy um, <laughs> like, but Logan and I would start blasting let it happen in the kitchen and like get up on the counters and just start dancing and like it, it's basically like a pick-me-up song I think you know whenever you're kind of feeling like I would listen to that pre-work I'd listen to on the sea post-work but pre-work I'd listen to this to just get hyped and like get in a really good mood um and that one has a lot of good memories attached to it too. Just like really pure vibes. So we're now moving on to some of the wild card questions, just like the, <laughs> the fun ones that they're in. But um, one of my favorite ones is, do you have any pet peeves, anything which annoys you way more than anything else? Oh, um, slow walkers. Don't, don't walk <laughs> slow near me. I like, <laughs> it's bad. And I think I need to, maybe it like goes into this idea of patience because I am impatient, but if you are walking slow and I have really had to like work on this in London because I live at the high Hoburn residence, um, which is just like right smack dab in Hoburn, right beside Covent Garden, right beside Soho. Like it is tourist central there. Um, and I'm saying this, like, obviously I'm to an extent like a tourist as well, but you know, like I would be trying to walk to class or like, I think the bigger thing is when I'm walking home, um, sometimes I would kind of go along the road with all the, uh, theaters and you've just got these people just like bumbling around, you know, <laughs> trying to figure out which bumbling building around. their theater play show is in. And I'm just like, Oh my God, I need you to like, like you're walking so slow. I, I have like, I've honestly bumped into people cause I've been like, you need to speed up just a little bit. Oh it's, my goodness. It's such a bad terrible. <laughs> but I hate it like it, nothing puts me in a worse mood sometimes when I'd like I walk to the Sainsbury's on the Kingsway and like I'll be going out and I'll be you know like dressed up go going to go get my alcohol 
and people are just like kind of like moseying. I'm like, I like move, <laughs> I move right now. It's just, it puts me in a, and I get in a bad mood. Like I literally start getting really angry and I'm like, I think I'm a generally like pretty positive person, but that just like, like to no other extent, do I get more annoyed than people who walk slow in front of me, especially when it's like four people who take up the whole sidewalk or pavement pavement for you guys. But um, like, they just form a line. I'm like, how am I supposed to get around you? Like, uh, it, it like irks me to no extent. That is probably my biggest pet peeve. So I know if I've got someone, you know, poking me in the back somewhere around, if I'm trying to enjoy my day, yeah. <laughs> you know, walking slowly, there's a good chance it's going to be you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. If you see this, like, short girl with brown hair <laughs> kind of, like, staring at you, that's me. You know Come why. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now um, I'm looking for song number six. Okay. Song number six. Um. Song, song number six is Another Love by Tom O'Dell. Uh, this song, I think I discovered in 2013 when I was 15 years old, like I was just a child, but um, that song has stuck with me. My like consistently, he is like my top artist. The song is always in my top five. Like I, I've just always come back to the song. Um, it is quite sad to be honest. It's not exactly a happy song, but I think it's a brilliant song. Like, I think the lyrics are incredible. His melody is incredible. He puts so much emotion into the song as well. Like, I I, I don't know. I've just always resonated with it. Um, and I think it's like kind of like one song that I will always, always, um, sorry, my dog just joined. Oh, uh, uh -huh. <laughs> so I think they want to go for a Special guest. <laughs> I know, <laughs> guest star. Um, Anyways, I, those songs always, like that song, I think I'll always come back to and will be with me like my entire life. He's, I, I, I just love it. Like there's, you know. No, I know the song. It's a great song. It's one of the ones yeah. which is very simple, but very powerful. Yeah, exactly. Like he, I don't know. It's just, and I think, I think it was his, it's his biggest song. And I think it's his song that really kind of like catapulted him into a bit more of like a mainstream I guess like recognition. I was young when I like I did not know who he was, but and then I really love his like his album, his second album, like uh, Wrong Crowd is just incredible. But I guess that song introduced me to Tom Adele, and since then I've just like loved all of his songs, everything he puts out. I also played the piano as a kid, so I think I just love. I always love piano songs. So now moving on to. Um the geography society so as i said in the introduction you've dj'd <laughs> decorated and danced your way through the last term have you always been known for being the one to you know uh, <laughs> keep the organizer bring the good times i would say in university we collectively as a household would like you know i think we all matched our energies very well but in terms of like all of us wanted to party all of us wanted to have fun so it was almost like a unanimous group decision on like when we would throw a party, you know, the culture there was literally going out four nights a week, five nights a week. Wow. Um, I know it's honestly crazy. I don't know how I did it. I feel like an old person now, but <laughs> <laughs> like we literally had a 15 day vendor during freshers week and fourth year. Like it was, it was crazy, but wow. like that everybody, everybody just matched that energy. So everyone did the same thing, but like, 
I think my friends, like two of my housemates, Jordan and Alana would be on like guest lists. Like they would, you know, they would get all the guests organized, do kind of like the logistical. Um, and I was dedicated DJ and it was actually a bit of an, I like, I, I could not not be DJ. Like it was it almost gave me like anxiety. Um, <laughs> and I loved it. And the thing is like a lot of my housemates did not enjoy it because it, you know, like you basically have to be on your phone, like queuing songs, choosing songs, like I'm not someone who likes to just let a playlist like play on shuffle because I like to. Never. It's, a crime. it's a crime. It's a crime. Like mm. there's, there's different energies that you want to match. And it's kind of like if you've just played like eight sing along songs, people are going to lose, you know, get really tired. So I took that job like with a lot of um, what's the word? I, I don't know, like importance. Like I, I really held myself up. So. I have always been DJ to a fault and almost to an extent where it's like, Jenna, like you need to like, you have a bit of control issue here. <laughs> so you really found your cooling this term being the. Oh yeah. Like I've loved it. I love being DJ. Like it's my favorite thing to do. Even if it means that I am like on my phone at a party, like if everybody else around me is having a good time and like singing mm. along, then like I'm at my peak. Like I'm just super happy. That is so funny because now I think back to it the first boat party when you gravitated mm. towards the dj booth that was <laughs> you going back to your natural habitat <laughs> i literally like and I, I would like go in and dance and then i'd be like oh i need to choose change the song or like i need i just had an idea for a good song so it's like it's just something that i like naturally do um and i have no problem with it even if it means that i'm not like in the middle dancing with everyone it's mm. i just i love to see everybody else having so much fun and i love to like put on music like my favorite thing is when I put on a song and everyone's like oh I'm like yes I guess it's a validation thing too I don't know but it's I, I think this uh like post-grad press role has really helped just like know <laughs> the deal here yeah fulfill that fulfill <laughs> that first <laughs> um we're now on to the is it penultimate uh, second last song number seven whatever that yeah whatever okay oh yeah it. I've got two songs left um, okay. Song number seven, let's say is Bike Dream by Rostam. Rostam? I think Rostam. I don't know. He actually, he used to be in Vampire Weekend. Then he went solo. Um, again, incredible vibes. This song actually kind of got me like, not to be like personal. It's not that personal, but, uh, I think like I had, um, an ex-boyfriend who we were not, a very good relationship but this song really like I don't know whenever I was down I'd play this song and it was just such a great song um definitely like like it does bring me back to that relationship but in a kind of nice way and it's very uplifting or not uplifting it's just like it's upbeat and um the lyrics are a little bit weird but I I just love it like I it's I I think I'm really like I resonate with the melody as well um mm. And this song I listened to a ton in like third year, so early 2019 and then summer of 2019. And it kind of got me through the breakup as well. Like I was just like, I'd put the song on and, you know, dance a little, blasted in my car really loud. That's a very common thing, I think, is like these songs just are played at max volume in the car while driving. Love it. So now the last question I have, so you've only been at LSE uh three months three three months four months um it's not too long but nevertheless what would you say your 
favorite thing about studying at LSE uh, has been so far? Um, okay, okay. Uh, I've kind of like two strains. I'd say like academically, just like the content that I learn. Um, obviously I loved politics in my undergrad, like my electives also really started to streamline into this kind of environmental field. Um, and I loved those classes like so, so much. So to be here and to be studying things that like truly interest me um, and like things that I genuinely want to learn more about, like is really, really freeing to me and really exciting. And also like our seminars to hear like everybody. And I think in undergrad, like when for courses are required and, you know, you're kind of just undergrad is very much like I'm taking this degree to get a job but like a postgraduate degree like people are there because they truly do want to learn and I've loved that kind of academic culture as well everyone has such cool ideas and experiences um and the nice thing about LSC is that everyone comes from such different backgrounds so you're like really learning so many new things that like I did not learn at Queens like at all um but then on the other side I think just the social life like EPR especially I've made like an incredible group of friends. Like, I think my whole program is so social, so welcoming. Everybody has such fun. And like, I'm so thankful for that. Cause I, I think, you know, like coming to a new country to study, not knowing a single person is pretty scary, but like so quickly, like we all just kind of like banded together and um, have had such fun experiences and it's only been three months. So it makes me really excited to see what's coming like for next term and you know regardless of what happens with COVID like I definitely am coming back to London and I think we'll all stay like really connected regardless and I'm 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 excited for that but yeah I've made some really great friends and have just like met some really incredible people. So moving on to your last song uh song number eight mm. can you let me know what so, it is and if there's any reasons why. For sure. Song number eight is um, kind of a random one, but Love on the Brain by Rihanna. Uh, this song also brings me back to fourth year, like so much, especially we went to Mexico for spring break. We did the very, very like quintessential North American thing. Um, and I've never like gone on a trip like that. There is probably 35 of us, 30 of us, um, like, kind of like one big friend group all went to like a all-inclusive resort and you literally just spend six days like on the beach drunk um and we would play like that song was played so often but I love that song like it's again like kind of sad but like a I love her voice in it like um it's just incredible I kind of I love like it, it does have these um roots in kind of like R&B but I guess also very pop like, um, but I, I don't know. It's just like, it's such a good song to me. And we would like, we were on this, we did a uh, day trip where you kind of like go on a catamaran sailboat and you sail like this, you sail out to this Island. You do like snorkeling. They did this crazy like thing at the back of the sailboat where it's almost like a swing, but it's with a parachute. It's kind of like paragliding at the back of the boat, but only up like 15 feet. Um, and the whole time you're just drinking, like you're like, I, you know, I wasn't even, I was too drunk to get like seasick. Cause I'm not like, I, I do get a bit seasick, 
but I was so drunk. I didn't even know. Like I was like having the time of my life, but we played that song on the boat and everyone's sitting there. Like it's a song where people just like sing at the top of their lungs. And I loved that kind of energy as well. <laughs> so good memories with that one. Um, kind of a sad song, but also just like good vibes. Very nice. So, um, so we've done the first part. We've done um, your eight songs. We're now coming on to your book, Luxury Meal and Quotes. So can we start off by getting what book would you be taking with you? Book. Um, I am choosing Normal People uh, by Sally Rooney. I read that in 2020. And on it, like I've never resonated with a book so much in my life. And like not, I don't think it's in the sense that I've shared experiences. It's more just the way that Sally Rooney writes. And like, like, I guess the way that, you know, like you experience both Marianne and Connell's life and this kind of trans, this really, really crazy transition that you feel when you're in like secondary school to post-secondary school to like, what's going to happen after. Like, it's a very, there's a lot of growing up that's done in like four years. And, um, a lot of maturing and a lot of kind of like coming to terms with who you are. And I feel like she captures that so well and like in such an intimate, but also really honest and genuine way that I don't think I've read so much in other, like, like it, at the end of the day, it is a, like a romance or a romantic book, but um, it's, it just feels so genuine. And I remember reading it and like, I literally like for days, it just made me also reflect on my own experiences of like, what my life was like back then because um it is a really weird time in life I think you do like there's a lot going on there's a lot of like social pressure there's a lot of pressure like on yourself academic pressure and it's just like learning how to navigate all of that so I and I would read that book like I want to reread it honestly it's it just like I think her writing style is incredible and what about your luxury item luxury item kind of really random <laughs> I don't think like I'm obviously a very material person in this world. I think we all are, but um, I chose like a very fancy perfume. I think like I would love to have like I love like I love perfume. I love smelling good, and I want like like if I had all the money in the world, I would spend it on like really nice perfumes. Um, so if I could get a nice like a really nice big bottle of Tom Ford, I would do that and bring it with me, and then just smell good alone on the island. <laughs> well, I'm sure we can give you like a mega bottle to make it last. Yeah. <laughs> make it last. Um, and now uh, your favorite meal, like if you could take a, a meal with you. Okay. Okay. Um, I had some trouble. I'm going to say pasta, but I'm also like pasta always, but then specifically spaghetti. I am obsessed with spaghetti. Like it's, I could eat that every day for the rest of my life, I think. And it's so basic. Like, it's like, like every, like, it's just such a, like, not exciting kind of meal. But I will say that, like, when I was a kid, like, my mom would make this really hearty spaghetti sauce. So it had, like, all sorts of veggies and, like, meat in it. I don't eat meat anymore. But, like, I think it's just such a comfort food for me. And I love spaghetti. Like, I think you can make it so good. So, and plus it's pretty easy, I would say. So that's, that's my meal I take with me. I love that. We've had some crazy, you know, detailed, you know, all the yeah. way through. And then, but you know, you said, sorry, you said um, your mom's special sauce 
Yeah, she, I think, I mean, meatless this time, but. Of course. I, it's it's a definitely more of a comfort food thing, I think, overall. And then finally, but by no means the least, um, uh, favorite quote or quote of choice? Favorite quote? Okay, I'm not a huge quote person, to be honest. Like, I don't, it's not something that I kind of like think about, but there is one recently and it is up to debate. It's very controversial because um, it can be taken out of context and people always debate the meaning. It's by Marx, but, um, and it's quite long, but I'll kind of just like condense it a bit. He says, the less you eat, drink and read books, the less you go to the theater, the dance hall, the public house, the less you think, love, theorize, sing, paint, fence, etc. The more you save, like your capital, the less you are, the more you have, the less you express your own life, the greater is your alienated life, the greater is the store of your estranged being. So people are always like, oh, like, there's this big debate because people are like, he's not justifying like consumer capitalism. Like don't think that you can go like spend all your money and like buy all these things because Marx has said that. And um, I think what he's like, my interpretation is that he's trying to say that to like deny yourself, you know, like experiencing life and within this system to experience life, we have to spend money. Not, maybe it's not something that like he agreed with, but he does recognize that, you know, I think to me, I see it as like, you do have one life, like there are huge issues at hand and being in this program, like I definitely want to change things, but at the same time, like I'm on this planet for maybe 90 years. I don't know. I don't want to spend 90 years just like, you know, not spending my money and not living my life. Um, So I think there is a bit of, I think he just, to me, the way I see it is that he understands the life that like capitalism has put us all in and you know, you don't, I don't know, don't, don't, don't deny yourself experience all the time. Um, obviously, like, I think where we're at, we have to be very conscious of like what we're doing. And I think in this like 21st century, especially recently, people have like really started to kind of put their money where their mouth is, um, which is good. But, you know, I think it's to me, I'm kind of like, don't, I don't want to beat myself up over like spending money. I want to be able to like, when I look back at my life, have like memories and do things and not just be like a Scrooge where I don't spend any money and sit in my house all the time. <laughs> but that brings us to the end of the interview. Thank you very much, Jenna, for sharing your drug fun and jams. Well, thank you for having me. Well, it was a pleasure. Mm-hmm.